you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Cerberus wants our help. And if Cerberus is good enough for Commander Shepard, it should be good enough for us. Oh, for the love of... Commander Shepard, it's me, Conrad Werner. Wow, it's great to see you again. I joined Cerberus, too. Conrad, Cerberus just tried to kill the Council. I'm not working with them. Oh, no. I screwed up again, didn't I? Just... I'm sorry if I ever accused you of pointing a gun at me when you didn't actually do that. I was really stressed out. I heard the Metagel dispensers have been sabotaged. Was that you? What? No. No, Cerberus just asked me to recruit people near the medical station. Which was sabotaged while you had everyone distracted. Oh. Oh, wait. 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 No. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast. We're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy Space Cowboys. And Corey Kuravara-Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 55. And when I was playing through the game, there were three big moments that I played through in, I'd say, fairly rapid succession. And the first was the finale on Tuchanka, which, I mean, you know, you have the Reaper and the Thresher Maw and, and you know, Morden's Sacrifice, all, you know, Rex, uh, you know, re, you know, Jubilant, all that stuff was great. And I, re, I enjoyed that. And then, like, right after that, I went to the Citadel and Udina's leading a coup and, you know, you get the chance that maybe you could kill Caden, maybe you can't. Um, all kinds of awesome stuff going on there. And my mind was blown a second time. And then, okay, so we took a break. We talked about meeting up with some of the other cast members, from, especially from Mass Effect 2, the last few episodes. And they're cool. Don't get me wrong. Great to see them. But the third big moment was when we went back to the Citadel to check out, like, how's the Citadel doing? How's everybody doing after the coup? And we'll, we'll get to the big moment in, a, in, in here, but I, I literally, I, I wanted to fall out of my chair. It was just, there, there is a sequence that we will get to that is just amazing. That said... I, you know, so so at this point, you know, the Citadel's been through a coup. We're going back. The Citadel changes. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think one of the things that you see is that, like, there's, especially on the Presidium levels, because that's where the fighting was, you know, I mean, that's where you go through, where you're fighting through, you know, Shepard and your team as you try to chase, uh, you know, try to get to the council. Like, you get there, like, the Presidium is battle damaged. There are windows blown out. There are laser blasts on various, uh, you know, like, Parts of the the exteriors there, uh, you know, it looks like it looks like a, you know like a war zone kind of, or you know, like at least yeah. they, like a cleaned up war zone. I mean, you, you can tell like stuff happened there. So, so what did you guys think of that? I mean, I like it. It's good. It's it's kind of weird um, that they never fix up the citadel at all. I think that's my only. Uh, I, it's not even a complaint, but it's just sort of like if you come back like later on in the game, like all the wreckage is still just permanently there. But I liked it. I mean, it's a nice touch. It's uh it shows that like the Cerberus coup was like a big deal. They, they took over, you know, kind of the whole station, which is an impressive amount of resources. Yeah. It was also, it's 
also amusing to see that because like for, for first parts of the game a lot of people are just like they, they the action going on the reaper invasion everything else they're just like it's not happening to them there's no war here everything's fine we're fine everything's fine and now they're like oh crap it's here we are not fine things are not okay things are going to crap and you know yeah but i also have to like i do agree i do get annoyed coming back here through various parts of the game because it doesn't change for the rest of it. There are times you go there, you'll see a guy just hanging out a bench, just like kind of chilling, relaxing while there's still wreckage. And some parts are still technically on fire nearby. I'm like, someone should probably put that out. Yeah. Why don't you clean that up? Maybe, you know, get that out of there. Whatever. I don't know. I wonder if part of it is just like, hey, the Reapers are going to come, so why bother cleaning up? <laughs> I was saying, it reminds me of my apartment people who just, uh, they don't really clean up too much because they're like, oh, the next tenants to be terrible. They'll just wreck it anyways. Right. But I feel like that this, like, there's a major change in the Citadel. Like I said, like, the, you see the battle damage. Um, we'll get to, there's a lot more interaction that you have, or at least a lot of the interactions that were there before have changed. Uh, Barlavon is gone, for example. So if you didn't finish your quest where you talked to him, you can't do that anymore. Um I feel like there's a major transition here and it kind of set up the expectation that later on after subsequent sort of like chapter breaks, I was expecting a lot more of the Citadel get shaken up and it, it does, but it doesn't like, right. like you said, like the, the, the exterior is still the same. Like they don't really like, you know, like paint over it as much. Uh, a few of the NPCs move around, but not as many. Like to me, this feels like, oh no, like this is a new chapter and there's a ton of stuff going on in the Citadel. And then that's kind of going to stay around for at least the next half of the game or so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it it's not like oh like every you know like you don't get the same level of shake up on the citadel um at least that i've seen yet and i'm I'm getting close to the end of the game now. yeah i think they're still, they're still not there yet they're kind of amusing if like the outside of the citadel had showed at least a little bit of damage or something because you didn't know there'd be a tactic outside like ah, everything's fine everything's good this is like good old citadel you say chip? No, I, I mean I think uh, the the damage came from inside though, right? Like it wasn't. I don't think there was really an exterior assault by Cerberus on the Citadel because they had. Yeah, sort but of I kind of like to see like maybe like do some damage that may have affected the surf the outside too. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess when I talk about like outside, like when you're in the one Presidium part, like you can go. It, it, it's I guess is as close to outdoors as you can get because you can see like the fake sky above you. Yeah. Oh right, okay. Like you know, so it's it's like I consider that to be outside, but it's I mean technically you're still in the citadel structure like it's not like the exterior exposed to space yeah so i mean this is and this is like the structure of the game right nick you mentioned oh the uh npcs move around and and they they just kind of do that that's one of the mission things in this game that i don't know i, I kind of go back and forth on is like like Barlavon's gone uh there's a couple other missions that are just sort of like oh you can't do these anymore because these npcs are gone like it's realistic in the sense that like these people aren't going to stay in one place for you know while all of this is going on but it's also i also just kind of feel like there's no heads up yeah but for some of these and then you're just like oh and and the stupid quest log because this game has the worst i mean not the worst quest log but it's not very good because the quest log is just like this quest is flagged forever even though the game knows that you can no longer complete it right yeah so we, we we've mentioned the quest log before we have yeah I'm still, I'm still annoyed because I'm looking over some of these notes. And I'm like, you over here, you over here, you over here. I'm like, man, are we really just one of those annoying people who just literally just listen to everybody else? What's the what's I, the? I wonder about that with Shepard because one of the main mechanics, at least at this part of the Citadel, 
is that you overhear somebody talking to somebody else or on a phone call or something saying like, oh, it'd be really cool if we had, you know, X thing or, you know, uh, you know, our, our people could really use this thing that is out in space that nobody's ever going to find. And then just from overhearing that, like you get the little thing in your quest log, like somebody at the Citadel wants you to find this thing. And the way you find it is you go and you do the planetary scanning and try to run away from the Reapers. And, you know, eventually you, you find the item and then you bring it back. And then the person's like, oh, thank you, random stranger who, why did you bring me this like ancient relic of our people that I just was randomly wandering, you know, wondering about one day? How did you know it's, I needed that? I really like, that's kind of odd. And how did you get here? Really where specific. I was? Luckily, I'm yeah. still in the same spot. Doesn't normally happen. People normally go other areas after you've heard them in the in the market. You don't just come back to the same spot in the market weeks later and find them again. There's one guy who's looking for Cerberus comms, I think it is. Some, or like a Cerberus codex or something with Cerberus. And I finally did the mission. And on the map, it had him like by the elevator in the embassy. But he's not over by the elevator. He's actually a little bit past Udina's office. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was going mad because there's like an Elcor standing right where he's supposed to be. And I'm just like, I'm like trying to mouse and click on. It's like, is the Elcor the person I'm supposed to talk to? And I'm like, no, the Elcor had some other mission, I think, for me that he's just standing there now. I had and like I had to look it up. It was frustrating. The exact same moment with that quest where I was like, where is this asshole? Like, he's supposed to be here. It's like. He, it says he's in like section like four or one or something like that. And it's it's that little U-shaped area. And then he's like, no, he's all the ass way down the hall past Udina's, past the Spectre office. Like, what? Dude, he's standing there at a terminal doing something. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, why? Like, I mean, like for every other mission, the map is great. Because I'll, like, I'll mm-hmm. show up in the Citadel and I'll be like, oh, hey, all these people are marked off for me. I don't know why they're marked off, but I'm going to make sure I talk to them. And it's like, you know. Most of the time, it's because I got something to give them that I don't even know what I got to give them. They don't even know that I have it to give them. I just show up like, here, I have this thing that you wanted. I, like some, Kind of like some weird Santa Claus. <laughs> I think the thing with that is that on that map, they consider that one area to be everything that isn't inside an office. Yeah. And, and it's like, I just add another number, man. Like, please. Oh, well. Yeah. But, but I feel yeah, like... So there's, there's, Bioware really got into this kind of like quest acquisition where because I feel like this was in either Dragon Age 2 or Inquisitions or maybe both where it's like you walk by people and you overhear that they need something and then it just shows up in your quest log um, and you go fetch it for them and you know I, I, I mean it's it's better than I mean, the old school RPG of you go and you talk to every single NPC that you can click on and maybe you'll get some kind of like relevant dialogue or maybe you'll get a quest out of them or maybe they're just going to be like, you know, you know, like, oh, hi, welcome to our town that was founded in like 1692 and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And you just get this random wall of like white text on a blue field. And yeah, like, I mean, it's it's a nice evolution of the RPG mechanic. It just, it's just a little bit odd. Like there should be a little bit more of like an actual requisition because it's like who like i like how like this is no way to get work yeah exactly (laughs) i think i think the problem with this is that they used it too much if there had been like two or three or maybe four of these that just were sort of interspersed through the game and it was like you know you're wandering around exploring the other thing is they really disincentivize planetary exploration i feel like by making it annoying um and but you know if there had been less of it it wouldn't be so noticeable but you get like fucking you get like 15 it's gotta be of these uh and it's just like it it starts to feel really formulaic 
It also gets really annoying. There are certain ones you literally can't do until certain parts of the game. And you have no mm-hmm. idea why. It's like, you need to go to this area. Like, well, well, where is it? I can't find the system. Can't find the planet. Right. Oh, it's because you need you got your three, your three areas too early. You can't do it. It's just going to be there annoying you. Right. And then it'll, you, it'll, you'll like know the system you need to go to, except, or you'll know the, you know, cluster you need to go to, except like that system in the cluster isn't unlocked yet. And actually you need to come back after the coup or after the quarians or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But don't go too far. You might go too far and miss out on it. And then you, you can't, can't turn can't it back it in. Yeah. Right. I wound up making like a, a spreadsheet so I could track like all these missions. And then I had to look up like, okay, like which of these are available now? Which of these are on planets that I can't get to yet? So I can know when I can go do them. Because that's the other thing is it clutters your your quest log. Yeah. That, yes. I mean, you get to a point here where you've got like your main like you know priority you know one or two here, and then you've got you know the, the DLC there in there, so that's like three or four, and then you just have this list of you know go find this thing, go find that thing, go find that, and then you have the handful of the server uh, the or the uh, alliance uh, like the N seven you know go fight on this multiplayer map. Right. Yeah, and yeah. That, that, maybe I misremember, but I don't think it also doesn't tell you when you've picked up the item. You really just talked to him one day and it's like. Oh, if you actually got it this time, like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was just thinking, there's no inventory system in this game. Outside of, you know, the armory, you can't see, like, oh, I'm holding on to the banner of the first regiment or whatever. You, um, you have yeah. to pay attention to the little notifications that pop up. Which and are like, there for, like, you, three seconds. Yeah, if you blink right. and you miss you, them. You have to know what you're looking for, yeah, because, I mean, half the time it's, like, you know, like, you know, like, uh, you know, third fleet alliance ship that, you know, freighter that was downed on random planet. And right. Then it's like, oh, here's the the banners of Thessia or whatever the one or the banners of Athene or whatever it is that you're supposed to collect. The rings got, of a You have to know. Yeah. Yes. And also like, you have to know what you're looking for. To, to like, oh, I got that one. I can cross that off the list. Yes. Also, a lot of the items sound very similar. And I'm like, OK, which item was they want that time? This again, was it the are you the banner guy or the ring guy? God damn. Right. Right. That's where the map comes in. You just go, it doesn't matter who you are. are. You on the map? I go, I talk to you. I got what you need. We're good. And then you're, you're off the the, map. the the quest is done. You're not on the map anymore. I can move on with my day. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw the funny of you giving it to the wrong person. Like, here's your, your Reaper comms. Like, why would I want this? Why are you giving me this? Talk to the Reapers. They'll explain. <laughs> <laughs> or give, give someone some accidental top secret information. Like, oops, wrong person. That was the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Please ignore that. Yeah, th- this would have benefited from a like a, a task board. Like, yes, like some kind, like especially like you have access to that Spectre, you know, station. Like, and you can get some stuff, some missions in there. I th- or not really, but you you can get like stuff for the missions. You can buy the like if you miss an item or some of the the like the, the the Cerberus comms I was talking about. I missed that on the mission I needed it for. Right, I was able to buy it from from this. So you can yeah. requisition some stuff there, but. This would be the like the place like oh like here we'll we'll send a message here you know like a specter request can a specter go you know get the the rings of a thune or whatever or a loon or, or which know. by the way they also have that there is also like a little board in the specter's office where you can go and yeah. periodically like make random executive orders I guess I don't know uh, right yeah well, well that's interesting because some of the stuff in there does tie to what you overhear that. Uh, I, th- I think there's there's one of them where you he- overhear some people talking about, oh, we think we should form a militia. Right. Or And then you get to go, you go to the Spectre office, and then there's a notification, like, there's been a request to form a militia. Does Shepard want to let the citizens form a militia since CSEC is tied up trying to deal with Cerberus? Yep. And, you know, and, and all those decisions, they do play into your war resources that, you know, whether you pick, you know, to allow the militia or not, 
Uh, I think there's there's one where you get to decide should uh, should CSEC have access to the cameras at a restaurant um, for, for for surveillance purposes or or, or whatnot. Um, oh yeah, you know they all they all lead to you know they they all wind up gi- giving you uh you know, or not giving you resources where you can go into the, your your war resources map on the citadel and and it's got the little you know they aren't necessarily items on their own they're like updates to other things i That's think right, like there's yeah. a citadel and then you go through and it's like update 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 and as you scroll through there it's like oh you know like a militia was formed and you know this is helping you know ease c-sex life so they can focus on doing c-sex stuff and uh you know as you go down the line it's it, so it's, it's interesting in that regard but yeah like they had this interface here use it for these other missions so it's it, it doesn't feel so creepy like shepherd is just some weird guy hanging out and then he and then he just shows up. It's like I'd I'd be a little bit freaked out by that if I, I was you know I think I sure. said this before. I'd be like talking to telling my friend like oh I should get a new hat. And then the next yeah. day some dude shows up like here I got you a hat. Like why? I, don't, I, I, uh, I heard you need a hat. hat. Did you need a hat? I do with that that spectator station actually had just a little bit more. Or there were some other people in the office besides just you, or maybe a secretary of some sort. Yeah, I, I guess there spect- should be a specter secretary. Like they're like somebody to work for them. Um, I think the problem with that is like, how do you get clearance for like a specretary, if you will? Specretary. Uh, <laughs> like, do they work with all the specters or like, I, I mean, I assume you could just hire your own assistant as a specter. Well, that's what I, I mean. I'm more like a generic person who's like, who's just there taking care of the office, you know, making sure things or, are maintained. Yeah. And, or, you, you know, make it a VI if you really need to. That's true. Yeah, because yeah. like, I, yeah, I like but, the specter area. It just seems kind of like. I don't know, no dead. Yeah. Well, well, it's just weird because it's like you go in and it's like there's two terminals and then there's like a third terminal I think you use once for something, if that. And then you have like the shooting range off to the side. And the whole reason the shooting range is off to the side is because you have to load up the combat interface to be able to use the, the shooting range. And and it's and, and that then, shooting like, range is useless. I don't like why is it there? I I I, I don't I don't I, I get yeah, because you can't even like practice your biotic powers in there, can you? I think it's, it's literally you just shoot at t- the paper targets. You can yeah. set a distance and then pick a weapon. And I think you can like I mean, toss biotic powers, but like you can't charge and and that stuff. Like it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Well, like, the only thing I could think I'd want to test is like my shockwave. I think we've talked about that before. That shockwave is a very narrow right. path, so I could actually use practice on that. That might not be a bad thing for me to do. Yeah, I think they but, isn't there some like personal like achievements you can get? I think something get in that. Uh, shooting range. Maybe I'm misreading that. No, it was just a modified weapon. Nope, never mind. I thought there yeah, I don't think you get this. anything for like being good at shooting. I mean, you get like headshot. Easier for you. Yeah, well, sure, yeah. but I mean, like being good at shooting in the shooting range. But yeah, yeah. So that, that so that specter. I feel like it's not utilized properly. I mean, there's some cool stuff in there. You do have the specter requisitions, as we said. You buy the stuff from there. You do have the little uh, the thing where you get to make the decisions. Um. You know, I mean, th- those are interesting, but again, also too, it's like, why is Shepard approving this? Like, also, why right. Shepard specifically? Like, are all the specters like presumably? I mean, well, no, Shepard's not the only because we run into, um, who is it? Is it not not Jordan Bow? I don't think he's the other specter, um, or maybe it is him or, or Jordan is his name. Yeah, yeah Jordan. Least, yeah, that, yeah, that sounds like a guy. I, I, at least one, maybe two specters you run into through plus, this game. Plus, plus, Caden or Ashley. Correct. Yeah. So. 
you know, so, so like, are they making the same kind of decisions? Is like, or is it just we just happen to be the one to show up first to be like, hey, somebody put in a request for a Citadel. Whole, we need a Specter to approve this. One of the problems I have, just a rubber stamp. Yeah, one of the problems I have with uh, the Vermeer survivor being a Specter is like, but they still like are on Shepard's ship and reporting to them. Yeah, so like, mm-hmm. uh, the Specters don't report to anybody besides the Council. Now, a Specter reports to a Specter. Right. Exactly. I feel like they're like Specter Light or Specter Junior. <laughs> Their problem is that they didn't like like Shepard would have been on Anderson's ship presumably, but Anderson was like, no, you can have the keys to oh, the right. Shepard. Like I figured it out. Like Anderson was ready to you know turn it over. The problem is Shepard's not ready to turn it over, and I guess like they, they can't just go buy another ship in in this economy. <laughs> I guess so. But question: You think Cade would make a great secretary? He would actually make a better secretary than I yeah. think he does as a specter. Yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather see him in there, kind of running things and being like, oh, you know, I'm the specter stationed on the citadel. Like this is this is my this is my ship, basically. Like I'm gonna hang out here and take care of business. That here. sounds like his speed. Yeah, actually, yeah. no, but Caden, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to see Ashley stuck on the citadel. I feel like that's. Uh, that's a, a diplomatic incident waiting to happen. I don't. This is the thing. She's like, gotten Kate better. Not, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But she's still got a temper, and she still wants to, you know, get out there and fight. This is another right. weird thing about Caden, like being a specter, is it's like oh, he's not particularly gung ho about combat, and I don't feel like he's real into like you know sort of covert intelligence stuff either. He's he's the kind of guy I feel like that. You know, like when you go on a combat mission, he looks forward to the paperwork. Right, exactly. So I think, yeah, he would he would fit like yeah, like he could do logistics he, he, he really well. Like the, I think that's why we're yeah. saying he's the secretary. It's like logistics, yeah, sure. That seems like that's about his speed. I, I could see him like in a Bailey role. Yeah. Like kinda, you know, being the the administrator. And even even then, I mean, if you look at like what he was doing during the Cerberus coup, as far as he was escorting the council, like that's very much like in, uh, you know, like in an adjunct position, mm-hmm. like, you know, where Shepard's out there. I mean, not that Caden wasn't fight. I don't, well, see, I don't. Did Caden actually have to fight any Cerberus, or was he with the he far enough away, like with the council? I guess he, they did fight a little bit because, uh, what is it? Uh, Thane says like he saw Caden, and then they got separated. So I'm sure he had to fight his way through a little bit. Yeah, more yeah, likely yeah, had to yeah, fight yeah. a little bit. Like I don't think anybody got out of that really, unless you're hiding very well. Yeah, so Caden should be in the Spectre Station. That should be his his little home base. But it's, I mean, you know, he he does his he has his little spot on the the Normandy. I mean, it, it's it is nice to have him there. Only in, in terms of you know, you get as you collect enough people from Mass Effect One, like he is part of the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am glad I brought Caden. I liked him a lot more now that I've actually got a chance to, to hang out with him past the first game. I decided. Mm. Yeah, I I don't. Well, I mean, I. I I think all I wanted to know was that like I could have killed him. I didn't have to kill him, but I could have. I just want to know that I could, and it's like okay, you know what? Like I had that choice, and we crossed that. Because even then, um, after after you you get off the uh, after you get off the Citadel and you go you're back on the Normandy, like uh, Garrus is standing by the little uh, the list of nameplates. Yeah, which I like that you can see that they can like slide the nameplates out to move them around. Because it's like they they do make some adjustments on there, and it's like that'd be a lot to have to like re engrave that every time. So it's like, oh no, they're little nameplates that you can see they could just slide in and out as they need. Yeah. Right. And Garrus is there, and like he asks you, like he's like, you, you would you have killed Caden? And it's like, 
absolutely dude yeah like, i told him that too know. he was like I, ashley in my playthrough he was like would you have killed ashley i was like oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. i told him i wouldn't have done it but that's just me i would not kill them but that's I'm a nice person i don't feel like killing them. i don't have to yeah well, i mean i'm doing renegade and also it was the honest answer so it felt that's right fair. that's what i was gonna say like garris is the, the one guy like i'm not I'm not hiding it. You know, I'm not hiding any secrets from him. I'm not lying. I tell, you know, we told him about the, the dreams with the, the burning kid and all that weird stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'll be like, dude, like, I, yeah, I would have taken Caden out if I had to. Cause you, yeah. especially Garrus of all people should oh. understand like the mission is paramount. Right. Like, you know, and, and I think Garrus would know too. Like if it ever came down to it, like if Garrus and Shepard had a disagreement about something that was super critical, I think Garrus would have to be like, if I have to be ready to take out Shepard, like, you know, it, it sounds, it sounds crazy. And I'd like to think that he'd probably be like, we could probably talk our way out of it, but like things get heated. Yeah. So this you know, it's actually, organically. This is, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. You're, you're suffering. All right. Important. All right. So this like organically fits in with like in my playthrough where I had Garrus uh, kill, you know, the guy that was on his team that betrayed his team. Like, yeah, oh, man, yeah. somebody betrays you, you pop them. Well, that was a little bit different than Caden's betrayal because Caden's betrayal was just like he was stubborn and unwilling to accept. Oh, yeah. Like what Shepard was telling. Like, no, like the guy that betrayed Garrus, like that was a legitimate betrayal. He got people killed, nearly got Garrus killed. For sure. But I mean, Caden's picking you, Dana, over me. Like, come on. Oh, no, that's, come on. Nobody should be. Exactly. Udina's family, if he has one, I don't even know if he has one, but they shouldn't be picking Udina over Shepard. Yeah, Udina's like, got like real right? Paul Gosar energy, you know? Right? Yeah. Well, like even the, the the Asari counselor, she's like, you know, like we have we didn't always listen to Shepard, and that has not gone well for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like they're all getting on the on the same page, like, listen to Shepard, he knows what's up. But yeah, we are way off the path of talking about the Citadel now well, here. But before we before we finish getting back on the regular path. One thing that was uh, interesting, we could bring up Garrus. He's our bro. We love Garrus. I was reading an article the other day. Apparently, one of the writers, some of the writers who work on the character stuff, were super surprised by that. They thought everybody would be into the human characters and not the aliens. They're like, "You guys want to romance them? You're in love with these characters? What? I like, look at they have weird feet. They're not human. Like, and they're like they're just like super thrown off by that." I remember reading that. I remember hearing that like when Mass Effect 2 came out, right? Like they were, I think that that was the first time I saw it where they were like, wait, 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 you guys want the aliens? And I was just like, have you ever taught, like, have you ever engaged with the sci-fi community at all? Are you kidding? Right. Have, have you ever seen Star Trek? Right. Like half the Star Trek episodes, like Kirk trying to, you know, boff different alien women. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, admittedly, they all look like Earth women, just like with, you know, they're painted a different color. But I mean, what is Aquarian if not like just a, a chick in a bodysuit with a helmet on? And, and their legs going backwards. But, yeah. Backwards yeah. These. That can have its own benefits. Oh, my so. God. That's a different um, kind of finish. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I just like I, I thought that was so funny. Like, of course, people do. Like, people be freaks out here. You know that. How do you not know that? But but even putting that aside, like, it's a testament to them. Like, they did a good job writing these characters right. that they felt fully realized enough that it's like, oh, no, like, you know, I don't care about Caden or Ashley. I mean, I, you know, they gave you Liara, but even then, Liara, like, Asari are just blue chicks that are mm-hmm. basically blue bisexuals for what it's yeah. worth. Yeah. Um, You know, with weird hair, but. 
you know, but the the fact like you know pr- prominently they're talking about Tally and Garrus mm-hmm. and that like they did they did a really great job with the two of them. And they're good characters. That, yeah, you yeah you relate to, you get to know, you become friends with, and then right. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not into Garrus, but like you know, he's my bro. Like you yeah. know, like I would you know, I got his back. He's got mine. Like you know, we're not you know. That's where we are. It, it, you know, he he's the kind of character as as a dude. Like you want you want to be Garrus's friend. Like he's engaging in that regard. Rex is awesome. T- you know, t- Tally. We you know we'll, we'll get to Tally's fun. I, um, uh, I, I, did we talk about her her like little like the beginning of her romance? Because that's all I played. I just like started a romance her. I don't know if we actually talked about her romance. I don't remember if we did or not. I don't think so. But that was uh no. But there's a part where actually no, that was back in Mass Effect two, wasn't it? Yes, I think we would have talked about that back in Mass Effect too. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're like you kind of start flirting with her, and like it's going to be one of those like, do you, what's going on here? Do you realize what's going? on? <laughs> and she gets really embarrassed and everything, and and mm-hmm. you know, and then especially if you like walk it back. Um. So yeah. So I mean, you know, like they're they're very well written. It's it's that that to me. I mean, because one of the things I think playing through the trilogy ten years later is that. You know, you can see some of the flaws in it. I mean, especially you can see how the game develops as they go along. There's, uh, you know, a bit of a, me- a heavy male gaze on a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, they've even tried to walk back a little bit. And we've talked about some of that when it comes up. Um, but the characters, I think that that to me is like, the, the you know, that to me is like one of the best things about Mass Effect is the characters. That's what makes it so engaging. To me, it wasn't like, oh, I want to go and, and fight the Reapers again when, you know, we, we play through the trilogy. It's, I want to go and hang out with Tally and Garrus and... You know, Caden or Ashley and Joker and Edie and Zaid and, you know, all of them, all of them. I want, you know, I want to get back and, and see that crew mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, you know, that's what I've been enjoying about this. That's why I am so focused. Like, oh, hey, like, you know, why did we do the last two episodes where we're going to check in on Grunt and Samara and Jacob and, uh, and Jack? Because, you know, like it. They're, you know, they're my friends. I want to, I want right. to know what they're up to. Right. Yeah. I also could have missed that. It's like some of these side characters, like Cortez over here. He's, he's ship pilot. Not really, not really in your team. Doesn't do a lot of shooting, but you get to know him. He's got such depth to him. Mm-hmm. The part where you see when his, when his, with him and his husband and everything else, like the emotions you get there, it gets me sad every time I see it. For sure. Yeah. Well, I think this is the part where. He puts the video up, and he's finally ready to move on. Like he puts the video up in the memorial, mm-hmm. in the the, the the refugee bay, and then he's kind of like, "Okay, I'm ready to move on." And so, as far as like romancing him, if you 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 cho- you have that option, I think that's when that starts to open up because now he's finally putting the past behind him. Right. But yeah, but also I don't know if we mentioned this in the other episode, but this is where you can find. Assuming you did the the mission, uh, the Grissom Academy mission, this is where you can find Jack hanging out in Purgatory. And you kind of follow up with her, just catch up a little bit, and then you actually try to dance with her. So shepherd dancing, which is really kind of not. That's yeah. You'll notice, like of all this, you know, when you're allocating points in your skills, none of the skills is dancing. Right. Missed opportunity. Where's my interpretive dance skill? <laughs> yeah, there's a world where shepherd just dances his way out of every every uh, problem instead of using like uh, charisma or intimidation. Destroys reapers with break dancing. Yeah. It's basically Guardians of the Galaxy, isn't it? <laughs> sure, yeah, basically. It's fair. <laughs> but yeah, so 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 you know, so that that that's real real quick. Two crew members you can catch up with there. Um, but let's catch up with somebody else. Like who? In 
what I have been waiting to talk about. This is my favorite, my favorite sequence in all of Mass Effect because it starts off. It's a roller coaster ride. It starts off and you have no idea where it's going. And it just hits all these little things from the other games out of nowhere. And if you didn't do everything that you needed to do in Mass Effect 1 predominantly, I, I think that's where everything uh, yeah. comes off. This is all mass this is all Mass Effect 1 callbacks. Yeah. And if you didn't do anything that you do, the chain breaks and things don't go right. But if you completed Mass Effect 1 as best as you could, you you should have everything done here for the sequence to play out properly. And what I am talking about is the return of none other than Conrad motherfucking Werner. <laughs> First and God. last time anybody will refer to him in that with that level of respect. Uh, the best. Oh, he he comes in and he's just as annoying and just as mm-hmm. tedious as he's always been. Um, because once again, he's a day late and a dollar short in that he is out there in the the, the refugee docks talking about praising Cerberus, Cerberus, talking them up because last he saw Shepard, Shepard was working for Cerberus, so they must be pretty good people. And now he's on board the Cerberus train, all gung-ho. That's right. Shepard has to come over and be like, what are you talking about? Like, did you not see the the coup and everything that just happened? Like, do you realize the the side that you're on here? And then, you know, once you kind of knock some sense into him, then you realize that, oh, he was being a diversion while Cerberus was po- was uh, sabotaging some medical supplies. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so you have to start going through this whole conversation to, to, to work through that. And it starts with uh, it, it, st- it starts where Shepard tells him to sit tight. But Werner then says that he has a doctorate on xenomorphic dark energy and can help the Crucible. Which one, it's impressive that Werner knew about the Crucible. But two, yes. it's impressive that he's a doctor. He's Dr. Conrad motherfucking no, Werner. No, you, you've, kind of, you've kind of skipped over a big part of this real quick. Oh, okay. What did I skip over? Well, before the, before the fact that uh, Conrad Werner tried to jump in front of a, a gunshot that was meant for Shepard, tried to save his life. Oh, that's at the end of this. Yeah, I, I didn't get to that part. I have before that. Because he didn't talk about the doctor until after this. No, I have this. This that he he talked about the doctor at first. Yeah, yeah. That I think that, so. that's the finale. Well, no, because Mike actually did that did it a little differently. But anyways, it was backwards. A little bit apparently, because like I didn't do this after he said like yeah, I have it's like it's like anything you help me with. It's like it's like I've known Vernon unless you do anything about dark energy. He's like yeah, I do actually. I have a doctor in it. He mentioned. Okay, he, let's he, pick he, up from. The- I just thought it was funny because he mentioned it as, as a joke, like, yeah, if you do something about dark energy and this stuff, he's like, yeah, that's my expertise. Which, again, like, this dude who just, like, ditched his life to, like, kind of, like, follow Shepard around and be a Shepard groupie and then run an orphanage. Oh, he's also got a doctorate. Like, what is, mm-hmm. like, there's a book about Conrad Werner that, like, it sounds like it should be a joke at first, but, like, it could actually be impressive. He's, like, because he starts off almost like a guild, a guild sterner rosencrantz kind of like background like goofy character and Mm -hmm. then like no he like dude's amazing (laughs) so yeah so so then he he so he admits he's got this doctorate and then he says oh let me call my friend gavin hossel which i'll admit the name did not ring any bells for me i had to look it up but gavin hossel is the exogeny scientist that was on pharos that we met back in mass effect one and we helped out uh, recover some data from the from the uh, exogeny facility when we had to go in there 
to uh, get get the information for the, about the Thorian and stuff. And so he calls Gavin Hossel and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm talking to Shepard. He's like, I know Shepard. That's all cool. So he gets he sends him a schematic, but the schematic is in Asari. And uh, and Conrad's like, well, if only we had some Asari writing, we could convert that. Never mind. We have Liara on the team who should be able to, you know, do that. But never mind. We're on the Citadel. There's Asari all over the place. We could, like, ask them. But at that point, Shepard's like, hey, I found all these matriarch writings, uh, you know, like four years ago. These can probably serve as a codex, so let me pull them out. So if you, you went and collected all of the Asari matriarch writings, you can pull those out, and that helps you decipher the, uh, the schematic. Uh, so you decode it, but then you need an LCOS combine license to actually access it, which hopefully you purchased one of those back in Mass Effect 1, back when you needed to purchase licenses for all your weapons. Right. So, you know, g- good job purchasing that. At that point, he talks a little bit about the orphanage on Ilium, and he spent all his money getting the orphans off world when the Reapers attacked. Um, and then there's a, a moment where, if you keep talking to him, uh, he has he he says uh, he asks Shepard, "Do you really think you can beat the Reapers?" And then Shepard gives him an answer, and he says, "Do you really think you can beat the Reapers?" And the Shepard's like, "You just asked that." And he's like, "Oh, sorry, right. I like to ask every question I can think of, and sometimes I forget what I've asked already. I should go." <laughs> <laughs> like it's. Like it's such a self-aware parrot. It's hilarious. It is, yeah. Um, so yeah. finally, you 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 go on the mission to actually repair the metagel dispensers that were broken, and then you go over and you're talking to a doctor over by I think the Batarian section. Yeah, and um, and then uh, Conrad comes over to apologize, and he looks up and he sees his Cerberus contact, and so he points him out to Shepard, like, "Hey, that's the guy from Cerberus who was you know telling me to be a distraction while he did stuff," and. The contact goes to pull a gun and shoot Shepard, but Conrad jumps in the way. And so he takes the bullet and then he, you know, so he falls down. And I was legitimately, if you had told me that Conrad Verner was going to take a bullet for Shepard. Yeah. Right. I would have been like, good. Like, <laughs> you know, that guy was annoying. Like, I, 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 I shouldn't say good, but maybe like, you know, okay. Like, okay. That's, that's the end of his arc. I'm okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. okay. He was a super fanboy. Took a bullet for Shepard. A little dramatic. Probably shouldn't have done that. Shepard can kind of chastise and be like, why did you do that? So, you know, so, but at this point now, after everything that's gone on in the middle of this sequence, I'm legitimately like, no, you cannot kill Conrad. He's not going out this way. I'm like, this is how they choose to let him die. I was ready to fall out of my chair. So, but then, oh, wait. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. No, finish. no, no. Go, no. I was just going to say, if you don't, um, it, there's this quest is so predicated on like doing all this stuff and it is all in mass effect one. Mm-hmm. And so like the, when he takes his bullet, like uh, what's her face? Jenna shows up, right? Jenna from yes. like Cora's den that you helped out and she was, uh, uh, Oh yeah. She was a, a mole for CSEC, right? Like yes. she was like doing undercover work for CSEC, whatever. I yes. guess normal. Um, yeah, if, it, if you don't help her in mass effect one, Conrad dies. He beefs it. Oh yeah, I figured that. <laughs> yeah, no, he does. I, I, he absolutely I, takes a bullet, and then he's dead. I, th- that's what I figured is that if at any point in this chain you did not complete every little part of it, yes, then the chain cuts off at, at that point, right? And so yeah, so if you don't, if you don't help out, if you don't Jenny, get, if you don't get Jenna, the if, matriarch's writings from random planet scanning in Mass Effect One, which is an easy thing to skip because like who cares? Then yeah, you you don't get even this far. It's yeah. so funny. And, and and that's the thing too is like, what was the point of the matriarch writings in Mass Effect One? 
Like, like it, 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 did you get, did you, I think maybe you got credits for it. Like there was no tangible benefit other than like, Oh, I just want to be completionist. And these I don't are even out know there if you got a- credits. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a completionist thing. And they added, they had, cause they had the um, resources. There was like the metals and the gases you could get the matriarchs writings, uh, Prothean artifacts, I want to say. And then wasn't it like Solarian uh, dog tags? Yeah, sure, it was Arturian uh, dog, dog tags, tags, something like that. One or one or the other of those. And they I they paid off. I don't think they ever paid off the Turian dog dog tags, but they paid off the rest of them, which is ridiculous. Yeah. So Yeah, so so uh, as we were saying, so Jenna, who you say from Cora's Den previously, comes over at that point and she says that she sabotaged the gun to make it look like it only shot, but it was just the thermal clip that ejected. And Conrad is just le- sitting there in Shepard's arms, like, "Dude, I'm okay." <laughs> like, yeah, like, man, this is hurt. I thought it hurt. Yes, yeah. that's right. He's like, "Oh, I'm not hurt. Weird." And then she and Conrad go off, which I thought was weird because I thought Conrad was married. But then again, maybe his wife left him at no, some he point. T- I don't remember. He, he tells you if you when you're talking to him because, like, after you settle all this um, metagel dispenser like things like after you, you fix those or do whatever you go keep talking to him and at some point you're like uh what's up with like you know did you lost anybody in the war like friends family and he's like well you know it's a few friends but no family to speak of and shepherd's like don't aren't you married bro and he's like oh no i made that up like dog <laughs> he's not he's not married he is not married he's just like he his wife was like fictional i guess to sound wow. less like a crazy person I, I don't know like yeah i want a full conrad verner movie his life yeah. is amazing yeah it's like the forest <laughs> gump of mass effect like forest gump. <laughs> he really kind of is uh, i would have said rain man like, but either way it's yeah i mean he's i mm. he's, i mean it, and i could see him like either he's either like just kind of like lucky like he's that guy like walking down the street and like one of those little like things where like disaster is fault like befalling everything behind him like he just steps out of the way like the piano falling out of the window or like yeah. the you know the, the 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 fire hydrant exploding or whatever like and he's just walking casually and n- nothing is affecting him or he's like a genius like he's like kaiser soze level like he just yeah is, like the whole conrad thing is an act and he's actually like one of the smartest men like he could be like the elusive man undercover for all i know like like a weird savant yeah like he is he, he is fascinating now and and I mean, this is just, I, I just chef's kiss to this sequence because <laughs> just when you think like it can't get any more referential, right. like they pull something else out. It's just the whole, it, it's just boom, boom, boom in, in rapid succession of all the callbacks. It's, it's good so, satire. Yes. It's just very well done. Like it really I, I, puts like a just giant lampshade on all the quest structures of these games and how like just absolutely absurd all of it is at, at yes. some level i love it it makes it makes you kind of love conrad verner even though it's like he's a pain in the ass but it's like at the end you're like you know kind of love you being here yeah see like conrad the thing about conrad verner is like he's supposed to be a pain in the ass mm-hmm. and so it's like the fact that they're kind of able to then turn it around at the end and kind of redeem him in this way that you're actually like you go off with Jenna Conrad Verner. You have that life, right? Like, you earned it, right? Like you know, like I'm M- not like I'm not M- going to say he should be a specter. You know, I'm <laughs> not going to say he should be a specter, but I put him as another candidate to be a secretary. Secretary? Mm, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's going to. Do a good I, I job think I that. think Spanitor. Well, 
What'd you say? I think gave you the spanager. That works. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll give you that. You know what? Yeah, have him be the spanager. Have Cade be the secretary, and the two of them can just hang out in there, and like that's their own little buddy movie or something. Oh uh, God. <laughs> Conrad, Caden. But but that but but that's the thing though is like I guess to compare like Caden wasn't supposed to be a pain in the ass, but he kind of comes he kind of gets a little bit that way, mm-hmm. and then it's like but because he was never supposed to be a pain to that regard, they don't quite redeem him the same way. Yeah. Uh, fun times. Yeah. But no, this as, as I said, this just hands down was just one of my it's, it's it is thus far like my favorite sequence in the game, and I, I mean not to I mean I. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to be like, well, okay. What about like? Is it, I, I'm not considering like all everything that happened on, uh, on uh, uh, what's the Krogan planet? I can't think of it. Tuchanka. Tuchanka. Like I don't. I, I don't know. I guess that's also a good sequence too, because you have Morden and the the, the Thresher and the Reaper fighting it. But this is just 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 the boom, because it's all it's all about what you did. Yeah. Like oh hey, like it's just. Do you have this? Yes, I do. <laughs> all right, let's go. Did you do this? Yes, I did. All right, we're good to go. It's just so. It's a nice reward for completionists, right? Like, it's yes. a nice little nod because the kind of people who are going to be completionists about it are the ones who are going to appreciate this the most because it's so ridiculous and so meta, you know? And it's yeah. like, you know how you are if you're a completionist. Like, you're like, okay, I'm doing all this and none of it matters probably. So, I, I yeah, I, I feel sad. Like, this is one of my favorite but little... You don't want 900 Korok seeds? Come on. Got the best uh. rewards. I have not done that. That's the one where I'm just like, no, that's... But, I mean, Nintendo got it, too, with that. Like, spoiler, if you get all the Korok seeds, you get a little turd. Um, golden turd. Yeah, it's a golden turd. Uh, but, yeah, like, like it's it's the exact same thing. It's like, you you know who you are if you're doing this, and you, you should know what to expect. Well, the thing that I feel bad for is, like, the person that got, like, five out of six of the Matriarch writings right. or something. Or like maybe you know, or, or for whatever reason you didn't get Jenna from like like well even then not getting Jenna from Korra's den like okay so so Conrad dies there that's still kind of uh, you know I, I was like oh no that's not arc. A fake, like yeah it's still a good arc yeah but like you know but if if you're like oh like I, you know or like for if for whatever reason you didn't do that side quest with Gavin Hossel on Pharos and it's like yeah it's not like I don't think this would show up as a quest in your log like you know go find a art you know go find a schematic for Conrad like it's just gonna end the conversation there and you're right. never gonna know how this could have played out you're never gonna know what the rest of this sequence would have been and so it's you know it's a little bit tragic in that regard like no like you you had to have done everything and you had to have done this presumably years ago i mean if you were playing mass effect right. 3 when it came out you'd presumably already beaten mass effect 1 or 2 it's not like you know you know i mean i guess now you could at least be reading a guide for mass effect 1 if you're you know playing it now like make sure you do this stuff it'll be important to mass effect 3 later mm-hmm. um yeah. you know you had to make these decisions back then and for the most part like you said like for the completionist they would have done this um be kind of weird so to I, play I, mass effect 3 as your first game this series though that would make things very weird yeah i feel like that would be really jarring yes. Well, you know, that'd be interesting, though, only then after playing Mass Effect 3, like go back to Mass Effect 1, because like all the stuff that like you're dealing with in Mass Effect 3 is like it's kind of like huge existential problems. Like, you know, they talk about like the quarry or the uh, the Krogan genophage and you're like, I, I, I cured that. I'm going to cure that in like four years. Why, why are we worried about this? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like this is kind of an existential threat to the Krogan race. And you know, you're like, yeah, it's kind of becomes nonchalant in that regard. But. Yeah, no, playing Mass Effect 3 first would be 
would be weird, but I'd love to find somebody who did that just to talk to them. <laughs> but, but yeah, so um, real quickly then, a few other things on the Citadel. Uh, you overhear info. Again, you overhear because that's what Shepard does. Shepard must have like a super hearing aid or maybe like he's got, maybe when uh, like Cerberus rebuilt them, they gave him like super hearing. That's why, that's why these quests weren't available in Mass Effect 1. There you go. He couldn't hear things then. Um, uh, but you overhear info about a, a wounded battalion uh, in a, a Cerberus attack that's in intensive care. Uh, and uh, there's people wondering, like, is he a terrorist? And his name is Gorik. And apparently he is a terrorist. He blew people up. Uh, so you're able to find him in uh, one of the, uh, like, in the battalion section, like, in one of the, the little uh, chambers there. Um, he, he's apparently, he's, he's like 50-50 to make it. He's bitter about Shepard blowing up the relay in the colony uh, for the Batarians from the uh, the uh, what was it, the arrival DLC. Yeah. And Shepard, you know, so so Shepard, uh, my Shepard, he apologized, said he had no choice. And Gork said, if he's sorry, he'll show mercy and turn off the life, life support machine. So, yeah, so I turned the life, life support machine off and let the guy die. Yeah. Kind of very sad. It was kind of like just like no one really did anything either. Like no one reacted to him just dying. You kind of just walk away and just lay in there dead. Good job, doctor nearby. Yeah. One one other interaction that I do want to bring up, and this is another one that's been building up across three games, is once again, Kalisa Jelani shows up to interview Shepard. And now the last two games. When she's been there, you've had the opportunity to punch her. I have refrained both times because I was waiting. Okay. I'm going like, no, I'm, I'm to save up. I'm going to deck you in the third game. Wow. And so she starts talking and you get the option. You know, she's being her normal, uh, aggressive self. And I go to punch her and she ducks. Yeah. Because presumably you've tried to punch her in the last two games. I even though I hadn't like universally like she still knew like oh like i'm gonna get punched she learned to duck and then shepherd has the opportunity with a there's a little, a little quick time button that you can punch back but i was so floored by her ducking i didn't have my hand on the mouse in time that <laughs> she she turned around and punched shepherd and knocked yeah, him down yeah yeah uh and i was like what just happened how did i get my ass kicked by kalisa aljelani that is not supposed to happen kalisa Jelani, the next specter yeah. Right. She yeah, she actually be a specter. She's better than the secretary. <laughs> She's the news specter. The news specter, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So there's so there's actually a few ways this can go. You can actually if you have your hand on the mouse properly like you're supposed to, you can respond in the quick quick time event and then you hit her with some body blows and still knock her uh, out. You knock her into a wall and then you're just like stay down. Um and then also if you, you can choose not to punch her and then Shepard just walks off and tells her, like, you need to get help. Um, and then there's also the, the Paragon option that you can choose where you put your hand on her shoulder to say, we're doing all we can. Thank you for asking the tough questions. And, you know, you're doing a great job keeping the council honest and kind of praise her and build her up, you know, for being an antagonistic member of the the uh, media. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah you do, yeah, do kind of need I, that sometimes. So it's not a bad thing. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think if you do that, like, I think if you Paragon all the way through, like, you've never punched her, she kind of changes her tune and starts doing, I don't call it, you know, propaganda per se, but but sort of trying to boost the war effort. Like, I think you get her as an asset. 
Yes, I think you do. Yeah, I have her as an asset in my play, my Paragon playthrough. I do not. I do not. Definitely, I definitely uh, knew she was going to duck. Uh, I also was a f- <laughs> <laughs> that, Yeah, I did not see that coming. She clearly did. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> I was valid. It was abuse of my power to beat up on the press, but that was just me. Well, that's. Yeah, but she she's. I mean, that's the problem. That, I mean, that's her she's whole thing. Like, just she's antagonistic so to the point yeah. of deserving it. Yeah. So, moving on here, uh, there is a uh, there's a CSEC officer named Jordan Knowles who has a saboteur that's hacking consoles, and he saboteur. wants us to use our Spectre access to shut down the hacker. So, uh, the first console we find in uh, Huerta, the hospital, uh, someone was starting to turn off life support for several people, so we t- we turned that back on. If I don't, or no, I think we might just show up too late to turn it back on. I think the people are dead. We're just doing the research. Um, then we go to the passenger bay. Uh, someone was hacking land- landing codes, and they crashed a shuttle with 117 people on it. That's all humans. That's, that's not referring to John to 117 from Halo, right? That's just, is that just a coincidence of the numbers? The 117. Yeah, I, I have no idea. No, um, but yeah, the next, the, the the final terminal is in the refugee docks. You get to the console, and then somebody puts a gun into Shepard's back, and it's Balak from the. Uh, uh, burn down the sky DLC from Mass Effect One. If you let him live, if you let him live, yes. So I guess if you let him die, like you don't get any of this because there's no, no, there's no Balak. Yeah. So yeah. So if you, if you let Balak live at the end of uh, Bring Down the Sky, uh, yeah, he shows up with a gun in Shepard's back, and Shepard has to talk him down. Uh, but basically, I point out like the Reapers are gonna wipe out because again, being a Batarian, he's pissed. Like you took out all my people. Right. Like it's, it's one thing to like, okay, you know, you fought my crew on an asteroid, you know, you got the better of me, whatever. But, you know, you blew up the whole battalion system. So, you know, uh, time to take you out. And then Shepard's basically like, look, the Reapers were going to wipe out that system anyway. And he points out that Balak, or no, Balak actually says he's the highest ranking battalion military officer left. Uh, and, and he's been using codes to get stolen info to their ships. And then Shepard's like, hey, like, don't worry about me. Like the Reapers are the real enemy here. Right. Join the war effort. And so lo and behold, if you let Balak live at the end of that, bring down the sky, he is now war assets. Yes. Like he doesn't like you. He's mad at you and hates you, but he's like, they've done enough to my people. It's time to bring the pain back to the Reapers. Right. And again, like the whole reason, like the whole reason Shepard blew up the Batarian hegemony is because of the Reapers. Well, like, he it, didn't, it, was, it had he nothing didn't to do with them. blow up a hegemony. He blew up like one system. He killed, you know, okay. It was like 300,000 Batarians or whatever. That's yeah. kind of a lot. But it was just that one system. Right. The Reapers just showed up and hit the Batarians first because of like where That's they right. came in from. So, I mean, yeah, yeah the, he's responsible for many Reapers, many, well, uh, many Batarian deaths, but like not nearly as many as the Reapers. Yeah. And also it's like, it, it just... The Batarian's relationship with the rest of the galaxy just really kind of hurt them in this one because they didn't have anybody really on their side to help out when they were attacked. They were kind of just left on their own. Yep. Yeah. So I'm just, again, just another callback to Mass Effect 1 that I did not expect it to go that way. Like, I, knew, I knew Balak had to show back up at some point, so I wasn't surprised by him appearing. I wasn't surprised like how he appeared, like, you know, kind of getting the drop on Shepard in that regard. But then the fact that Shepard's just like... Join me, and we'll take the Reapers out together. And like, Balak's like, okay, like I, that kind of surprised me. And it, and I shouldn't say like like the the logic behind it, the way it progressed, made sense. But still, just like that's the end. Like that's how that resolves itself. Go back and you know play through 
bring down the sky and then it's like no like the whole time like oh no but balak's actually going to work with with the with, with the alliance and everybody to fight the reapers at the end of this like it's a little bit mind-blowing so yeah so at this point was there anything else on the citadel worth mentioning i don't think so you know like i'm i'm looking through your notes as well and it's did we talk about this there's just so much like random quest overhearing you you can do here but it's all kind of the same stuff yeah, I think there's uh, Captain Summers who uh, wants to kill a CSEC Cerberus double agent who was apprehended and is now giving CSEC intel. Uh, he killed people during the coup and Summers wants to kill him and then Shepard like, can talk him down if he wants. I mean, there's there's stuff like that. Right. And then, yeah. And then, yeah, lots of lots of little just like, oh, hey, we want like a, a mount for the Krogans. Can you go find a Cacliosaur skull? Yeah. Which you will eventually. So, yeah. Yeah, one thing I found that's kind of interesting here is the... Uh... The one we were talking to the banker, just the, just the economics of how, how much is war is costing everything and how expensive. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, just like, well, they have like one year that the, the economy can survive before it just utterly collapses. That's not a lot of time for, yeah. for a war. No, and, and especially, I mean, we've talked about this before, about the Reapers kind of taking their time going around to various places and it's like, Oh, like they're just going to wait you out. Like they know, like at some point your civilization will collapse and like, you will not be able to mount any kind of resistance. And it puts more pressure on Shepard because as much as, you know, we're going along collecting war resources and you know, you will get plenty of war resources. If you overhear enough conversations here, don't worry. But yeah, it's like, you need to, you need to hit the Reapers back and you need to get taken care this taken care of fast. If this is a slow protracted conflict, the Reapers will win. Like the only way Shepard's going to win this is to get the Crucible done quickly and then get that to to take out the Reapers. Yeah, this the, is not because the Reapers don't need a functioning economy. They don't need a function like any kind of like worlds with all the supplies or anything else. They are good. They'll just take everything from you and just they've yeah. got plenty of extra. They're I mean, Javik talks about this. He's like, I was born into the war with like it was a multi generational war. So yeah, a year for the Citadel economy to collapse like that's no time. That's terrifying too. Yeah. It still feels like, and, I, and maybe maybe the the uh, Prothean like civilization was m- more broad, maybe than than what we're seeing here. Like, I mean, the Reapers are taking their time, but at the still at the same time, it still feels like they are moving a lot quicker. Like, I don't think this is going to last generations. Like, this might last like five or ten years. Yeah, I feel like like they're 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 going at a, a you know like I don't I can't imagine like any humans are going to be born under the Reaper rule while they're still wiping out the galaxy well, i think there's a well i mean maybe unless they were born now but like like for them to for somebody to like be born and then grow up to become a commander in the military right towards the end of the conflict like javik well like live their whole life during that yeah, it's a bit different though because like the the protein time frame everything was the proteins conquered everybody and everybody was forced into the same groups they didn't have a choice there was no discussion of anything they had to run around and go okay guys let's get together to fight the reapers like, no, no, we're just going to start fighting. That's what's right. slowing us down a little bit, but also helping out by making things a little unpredictable for the Reapers because the problem with the Protheans is since they, when they, the Citadel got taken out, Protheans, all their command structures taken out, all their all the ways they fight are on one location, so kind of also hurt them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we will talk about the Prothean-Reaper relationship uh, in the future. Because I played through a part where that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I am excited to talk about that. But that is not what we are talking about right now. So 
Um, actually, I'm going to say, let's go ahead and let's wrap it up here then. Um, I think that's as good a spot as any. And then uh, we'll pick up next time back on the Normandy with a few interesting interactions before we head off to uh, to check in on the Quarians and the Geth. And their uh, big party. See what they're up to. They're having a party. Everybody's invited. Yeah, I'm sure it's going good. <laughs> Best of friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Slumber parties. <laughs> So this has been Squad Goals number 55? Yep. Yes. Yes. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing. Thank you for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me uh, I, on Twitter uh, at WD. That's where double Y-E-W-D-E-E. And here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, uh, where every couple of weeks we talk about Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, Kura, where can folks find you? They can find me on Twitter at Carbars, Carbars, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-S, or on twitch.tv slash Carbara, or you can hear me talking about Apex Legends, our Apex show, Dropping Spicy. And you can follow us at Dropping Spicy. And Nick, what you got going on? I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. Uh, let us know what you think about Dr. Conrad motherfucking Werner and his survival and uh, all the other stuff going on on the Citadel at uh, squad goals at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. Visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where you can support this show by joining Squad Goals membership at $1.25 per episode, or you can provide general support for $2 a month. And you can check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link where you can get codes for Steam, Epic Games Store, You Play, and more. Or check out our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. And remember, Conrad's the best scientist available. Oof. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.